Well, let's look at Mark 4, verse 1. We have been in a series called Good Ground. I believe this is part 8. Mark 4, verse 1. It says, And again he began to teach by the sea, and a great multitude was gathered to him, so that he got into a boat and sat in it on the sea, and the whole multitude was on the land facing the sea. Then he taught them many things by parables and said to them in his teaching, Listen, behold, a sower went out to sow, and it happened as he sowed that some seed fell by the wayside, and the birds of the air came and devoured it, and some fell on stony ground where it did not have much earth, and immediately it sprang up because it had no depth of earth. But when the sun was up, it was scorched, and because it had no root, it withered away. And some seed fell among thorns, and the thorns grew up and choked it, and it yielded no crop. But other seed fell on good ground and yielded a crop that sprang up, increased, and produced, some thirtyfold, some sixty, some a hundred. And he said to them, He who has ears to hear, let him hear. You know, he's not talking about, Jesus is not talking about the physical, you know, piece of flesh and internal organs on the side of your head when he says, He who has ears to hear, let him hear. He's talking about spiritual leaders. You realize you can hear things. I mean, it can be physically going into your ears and bouncing off your eardrums and you not actually hear anything. Has that ever happened to anybody here? I know my family, I know that's happened to me. <laughs> you know, Shelly will tell me something and I, 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 I mean, it, it went into my hearing system, but I didn't actually hear it. And sometimes I tell her, you need to get an acknowledgement if you actually want me to act on what you were asking me to do. If you didn't get an acknowledgement, I'm sorry, I'm doing the best I can, but I, I didn't actually hear you. So it, if you really wanted me to act on it, then have me say, yes, I heard you. We've lived together for 22 years now, so, you know, we work around each other's uh, imperfections. So, I mean, sometimes she'll be talking to me, and I'll be, she's like, you did, did you hear anything I said? No, I didn't. I'm sorry. I'm doing my best. I'm not doing it on purpose. But Jesus is saying, he who has ears to hear, let him hear. And what he's saying is, you need to be tuning in with your spiritual ears, be opening your heart like actually hear because yeah you could hear and even understand but if your heart's closed it ain't going anywhere and so when we come before the word we want to be open hear with our ears and let it go down in our heart in other words we're receptive we're open that's how it's going to change us let's look at mark 14 or 4 verse 14 then jesus that those are the that's the parable and then then he's going to give the um the explanation of this parable. So let's read through this. We've read through it before, but we'll read through it quickly. The sower sows the word. So the, the, the parable is a sower is sowing seed, and now Jesus is saying that the seed represents the word. Verse 15, and these are the ones by the wayside where the word is sown. When they hear, Satan comes immediately and takes away the word that was sown in their hearts. These likewise are the ones sown on stony ground who, when they hear the word, immediately receive it with gladness and they have no root in themselves, and so endure only for a time. Afterward, when tribulation or persecution arises for the word's sake, immediately they stumble. 
Verse 18, now these are the ones sown among thorns. They are the ones who hear the word and the cares of the, word, the world, the deceitfulness of riches and the desires for other things entering in choke the world, excuse me, word, and it becomes unfruitful. But these are the ones sown on good ground. Those who hear the word accept it and bear fruit, some 30-fold, some 60, and some 100. So giving different types of results for different types of grounds in different scenarios, and we've covered a number of these. And uh, you know, ultimately, we want to be what it says in verse 20. We want to be this type of ground where it says, These are the ones sown on good ground. Those who hear the word accept it, bear fruit, some 30-fold, some uh, 60, and some 100. That's what we want to be. In Luke 8, 15, it says, But the ones that fell on good ground are those who, having heard the word with a noble and good heart, keep it and bear fruit with patience. So all these things go together. I mean, you know, you can have combinations of these things going on. It's not necessarily one category or another. But the bottom line is we don't want any of these things to take us out, not get us to that final place where we are um, bearing fruit. So things can can get us off and be um, obstacles to fully receiving all God wants us to receive. Now let's look at 1 Corinthians 10, verse 12, tonight. Here it says, Therefore let him who thinks he stands take heed lest he fall. No temptation has overtaken you except such as, common, as is common to man, but God is faithful who will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able, but with the temptation will also make the way of escape that you may be able to bear it. Let's go back to verse 12. That's we're going to focus on tonight. Therefore, let him who thinks he stands take heed lest he fall. Now, side thought, this is not what we're focusing on, but now here it says, let him who thinks he stands uh, take heed lest he fall. Uh, you know, as we're talking about these, the parable of the sower in these different areas, we, we want to be the, the ground that receives. Well, there's a whole lot of things that can get us off. And here it says, you know, if you think none of that can apply to you, then it's saying you better be aware, take heed, lest you end up like one of those areas. So we need to be careful, and that's why we go, we're going over these things, is so we're aware. You know, Satan runs the same playbook on everybody. Verse 13 then says, No temptation has overtaken you except such as is common. Everybody say common. Common, common to man, common to people. But God is faithful who will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able. But with the temptation will also make the way of escape that you may be able to bear it. So no temptation has overtaken you except that which is common to man. So temptations come to everybody. Temptations come to everybody. Everything that we read in the parable of the sower, there are temptations there in some form that if we yield to them, they actually stop the growth of the word in our lives. And so we want, 
if we're going to make it through, if the word is going to produce, then we're going to endure through temptation and not yield to it. Now, we've looked at these, you know, some of these different areas, but we're talking in general, if you're going to end up in the category that we're going to make it, then we're not getting picked off in some form. That means the temptations come, we just didn't yield to them. The temptation to be offended by the word can come, but we just didn't yield to it. The temptation to be offended by somebody else, you know, came. It comes to everybody, but we didn't yield to it. The temptation to be offended by church or God or what somebody said and somebody said about God and so we're offended so we don't go to church or, you know, all those kind of things. That will take us out. That will sideline. Sidelines people all the time. Temptation to, enduring the temptation to quit. Enduring the temptation to get out of your place. To move too fast. To let circumstances affect you instead of the word of God. These are all temptations that, that something is trying to push you away so that the word does not produce. Enduring the temptation to get distracted by the cares of life, by the deceitfulness of riches, by the desire for other things. These come to everybody, but then what do we do? It comes, the temptation is coming. Now what happens? If we yield, then it has the, it has the uh, possibility and the potential to push us off. But God has said in His Word that temptation will come, but we don't have to yield to it. In fact, he said, if, let's put that verse up again in the New King James, and we're going to look at it in a, a few other versions. Look at verse 13. It says, No temptation has overtaken you except such as is common to man, but God is faithful. God is true. God is always constant. God is the same every single time. God is no respecter of persons, and he treats everybody the same. He's the same toward all. So this is the way he is, not the way he is for some people. God is faithful who will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able, but with the temptation will also make, a way, make the way of escape that you will be able to bear it. Now this does not say God gives you what you can handle. It doesn't say God puts it on you. It doesn't say, people misquote that and say, God won't give you more than you can handle. That's implying that somehow God is doing it and then just seeing if you can handle it. See, that implies God is in control of everything. We know there is a devil. There is a God of this world, the Bible says in 2 Corinthians 4, 4, that is the enemy and he is influencing this world. He's pushing, he's causing destruction. So look what the Bible actually says here. The second part of verse 13. You can just put it up at the beginning. Verse 13, we'll get to it. No temptation has overtaken you except as is common to man, but God is faithful who will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able. But with the temptation will also make the way of escape that you may able to bear it or that you can endure it. We'll see what that says. So God will not allow you to be tempted. There, is things in, there are things in the world happening that will tempt you. It doesn't say God is the tempter, because the Bible said God cannot tempt man with evil. He will not tempt us. But there is temptation. But the Bible does say you will not be tempted beyond what you can bear. The Bible says it will not happen. In other words, anything in front of you 
you're able to handle. Now, God said it will not happen. You will not have something that you cannot handle, but he said he will always make a way of escape. In other words, there's always a way through. There's always a way out so that you can get to the other side. Let's look at it in the NLT. Talking about receiving all that God has for us. Well, if we're going to do that, we're going to have to endure some temptation and win. Because they're going to come. Just, just, that's not a bad confession. Temptation will come. It came to Jesus. The devil came to Jesus. If he came to Jesus, he is going to come to you. We're going to have temptation on the earth. All these things that we read in the, the parable of the sower are temptations. So if we're going to get to their side, we, get, we have to know how to endure. Verse 13 says the temptation, in the NLT, the temptations in your life are no different from what others, are, uh, what others experience. Now we think, well, yeah, they are. Talking about worldwide people, we, we, yeah, we may have something slightly different than other people, but what we endure are general, are common to men, common to humans. It says, and God is faithful. He will not allow the temptation to be more than you can stand. When you are tempted, he will show you a way out so that you can endure. Let's look at it in the Amplified. It says, no temptation, regardless of its source, has overtaken or enticed you that is not common to human experience nor is any temptation unusual or beyond, or beyond human resistance. But God is faithful to His Word. He is compassionate and trustworthy, and He will not let you be tempted beyond your ability to resist. But along with the temptation He has in the past and is now and will always provide the way out, as well, so that you will be able to endure it without yielding and will overcome temptation with joy. You will look at the last part of that. He had, let's read this, what's on the screen there. He has in the past and is now and will always provide the way out as well, so that you will be able to endure it without yielding and will overcome temptation with joy. Overcome it. Well, if you overcome it, you're still standing. You're still going. You are, you are yielding fruit. You are bearing fruit. You didn't get sidetracked. May have felt like there's no way that I can deal. But that's simply not true. We have God's word on it, that if I'm dealing with it, he's not the cause of it, but what he has said in his word is, it is a law that nothing that we deal with will be on our ability to deal with it. That means, if it's in front of us, we can whip it. Period. It's not out of our league. You know, you have different leagues, you know, in different, different sports uh, where people get older or whatever. I mean, you know, if you, if you took a professional team and put them against a high school team 
in pretty much all cases, in any sport, the professionals ought to be able to completely annihilate the high school team. If that's not the case, there's a problem. You need to recruit some of those high school players. They're amazing. Or you need to fire some of those professional players. But in other words, you're, if, if, if the high school players, in general, they're not going to have to play professionals. Not going to happen. You know, and, and junior high is not going to have to play uh, high school players because they're bigger, they're stronger, they're faster. We were talking about this, I was talking about this with my, my brother. You know, we played soccer. Um, you know, you can think you're, you're decent at a certain level, and you might be skilled, but when you go up to the next level, one thing that changes is the, the people are just bigger, they're faster, they're stronger, and you can't push them off the ball. You know, like what we were talking about, you, you win at the state level, and then you go to regionals, <laughs> and there's just, it's, it's a different league, and you go to nationals, it's just a different league. I remember when I took... Um, I, I, we, we, we had this uh, soccer camp, and at that time there was a school in town, uh, they, they, were, they were Division I uh, soccer, and the coach you know, was running this program, and, and so they, they, opened up, um, they opened up the camp to high school students, I don't know if there was younger kids too, probably, and uh, some of the, the college guys then, the team, were, were involved in some of the training, you know, they, they were there. And good night, I was in high school. These guys, they were just solid muscle. I mean, they were big. There's no way you have a chance of pushing them off the ball. Just not even a chance. They're just big. Fat. Their, their shots were so hard. And these guys are college. Then you move up to professional. It's just the next level. All the best of the, the college, of, I mean, now they've all been weeded out. And then you talk about world class. So there's, we see that. Well, when you're dealing with something at your level, you're, you, know, you know God to a certain degree, and you're walking with, with God. You, you've known Him for a while. God has said in His Word, nothing is going to hit you that you can't endure. Satan doesn't, can't bring in something that's beyond your capability to deal. That is not going to happen. Which means that if it's in front of us, even if we feel like there's no way, God has said in His Word, my grace is sufficient, and you will whip this, you will get through it without yielding and with joy, if you'll look to me, if you'll rely on me, if you'll do what I told you to do in my Word, I will help you get through, period. The devil will tell you, you have no choice, you no chance. This is too big, this will crush you, but that's not what the Bible said. The Bible said, whatever is there, God is going to help us get through. So any thought that says, not this time, too much, too big, is a lie. Everybody said, it's a lie. It's not true. It may look big, so he'll say, oh no, too big, too fast going to cream you. Well, they may look big and fast, but you know, you can have somebody by the, the, the flip side, 
you could have somebody playing in, in junior high and the kid looks across the field like he's a monster. He's, you know, way bigger than everybody and way stronger, it looks like, but he's grown way too fast and he's completely uncoordinated. And when you get up and play him, you can go right around him. Does the devil tell you, he's going to take you out. This thing will take you out, but the thing is, when we get into it, we can say, no, that's not possible. So whatever it looks like, it's simply not true. I have God at my back, and he said, we'll go through. We'll be able to endure with joy. So we're going to go over. Every time. Look at 2 Peter 2, verse 9. It says, the Lord knows how to deliver the godly out of temptations. Do you think the Bible means what it says? The Lord knows how to deliver the godly out of temptations. Well, does he? So if there's something in front of us that's trying to distract us, trying to get us off... Even if our head goes, there's no way, the Lord knows how to deliver the godly out of temptation, so we need to side with Him and say, I'm going over. I'm going through. This temptation is not going to sidetrack me. If God told us in His Word we can do something, then we need to side with Him. We need to say, we can do it. We can go over. It's not going to distract me. It's not going to get me over. Or it's not going to take me over. Jude 24 says, Now to him who is able to keep you from stumbling and to present you faultless. Most people probably don't even know that's in the Bible. Now to him, this is the closing of the, the letter. Now to him, let's just read the whole thing. Now to him who is able to keep you from stumbling and to present you faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy, to God our Savior, who alone is wise, be glory and majesty, dominion and power, both now and forever. Amen. He's saying God can keep us. And then he's saying these things glorifying God. So now to him who is able to keep you from stumbling, can you put the beginning of that verse up, 24? Now to him who is able to keep you from stumbling and to present you faultless. Well, is he able to do it or not? Is God able to keep us from stumbling? Isn't that the same as you have a temptation, but God will not allow it to be more than you can handle, but will make a way of escape so that you can endure it every time? Every time. Yeah, but. There's no but. He is able to keep us from stumbling. If he said it, then it's true. So we should be looking as something comes up and it's a challenge for us. We need to be saying, number one, I'm going over. Number two, where's the way out? Where's the way of escape? See, Satan will tell you, there is no way out. There is no escape this time, pal. You're done. But that, that contradicts Scripture. It, we, we just said, it, the Bible said, 
God is able and knows how to deliver the godly from temptation. It said he can cause us, or he can, he's able to keep us from stumbling. The Bible said he will give us a way out so we can endure temptation. So in any issue, any problem that's coming up, what do we need to be saying? Where's the way out? Where's the way through? I like to say it this way. Where's the thread that will bring us all the way through? You just need a thread. See, it may look like, like think of an asteroid field. Never been in one, just seen them on, you know, movies. But... Think of that, you know, there's just stuff everywhere. It looks like there is no way you're getting through that without blowing up, right? There's no way. Except there is. You know, you're going and this thing, I mean, if you just looked at it, it's like just there's stuff everywhere. But if you start going through, I like to think of it as, you know, if you just know exactly where to go where you miss this one, and this one looks like it's going to come, but you go around that one, another one's coming this way, but there is a way whereby you miss everything. It looks like it's one in a million. There's no way you could do it, but God has that for every situation all the time. There is always a way through, always a way out. Nothing in front of us is insurmountable, ever. Always. So whenever, you just we need to go into the mindset, if there's something in front of me, I'm going, I'm going over this. The devil say, there is no way over it. Look, it doesn't matter if I can't see it. And I've seen God do this in our life over and over where you're thinking, it looks like we're supposed to be here. I just don't know how to get there from here. I don't see it. But as you start walking through, there, you take this step, then this step, and this step, and there's no way you could map it out if you tried to sit down with it, but there is a thread that runs through that this, there's something that didn't look like it was possible, but you didn't see this thing coming, and right when you needed it, that was there, and then you get to the next thing, and there didn't look like anything was there, and then that was there, and there is a thread that runs through the situation that God said you can endure you can get to the other side. There is a way out. You know, something that may have pushed on you. You know, in times past, it feels like there is no way if this happens, this pressure, this temptation happens, that I'll get through it without yielding. I'll, you know, I'll end up folding. God said there is a way to endure that pressure so that you hold. It feels like if that happens again, man, I did this and I failed here and I failed here and I failed, you know, maybe it's a habit. Maybe it's a something. Do you know there's a way out of every single habit starting now? There's a way to get out. There's a way to be at the other side starting now. You just take a step. It doesn't have to be that we fail over and over and over and over and over. The next, there is a way to say, to make an adjustment that God will endure the temptation because all you need to is endure the next temptation. You don't need to endure the next 50 today. You just need to get past the next one. And if you can get past the next one, now God can show you how to get past the next one. And if you can get past the next one, he can show you how to get past the next one. And pretty soon you're looking back and saying, I just went through 50 of those. I'm on the other side. And we think there's no way because there's 50. I don't have to worry about 50. God, I have God's word on it that he'll show me the way out of this one. Yes. 
right in front of me. And guess what? Once that's behind me, I have another one right in front of me. But guess what? His word stands. He's going to show me. He can cause me. He can keep me from stumbling here. And I get past that one. Now I got another one. Guess what? His word's the same. He can keep me from stumbling here. I can go through life like that. I don't have to fall. And then I can get to where I'm bearing fruit 30, 60, 100 fold because this tried to pick me off, but I know this isn't the end. This is not going to pick me off because I got God's word on it. And I act on that. And then I get through it. And I act on it again and I get through it. There is always a way through. Let's look at Luke 22, verse 31. This is a, you know, the brief account referring to Peter, says Simon, you know, Simon Peter. Peter, on the night in which Jesus was betrayed, the night when Jesus is starting the process where he's going to be crucified, you know, he goes to... uh, Jesus goes off by himself, but during that night, this exchange happened. Verse 31, the Lord said, Simon, Simon, indeed Satan has asked for you that he may sift you as wheat. But I have prayed for you that your faith should not fail. And when you have returned to me, strengthen your brethren." Verse 33, but he said to them, Lord, I am ready to go with you both to prison and to death. Verse 34, then he said, I tell you, Peter, the rooster shall not crow this day before you will deny me three or deny three times that you know me. Jesus said, told Peter, you better watch out because you're about I mean, he told him, I've prayed for you, Satan's asked for you, but I prayed you that your faith would hold. Peter responds, there's no way I'm going down. I I will, I'm ready to go die with you. But Jesus is warning him, telling him, you need to to think. I'm telling you, there's a possibility you're going to fail here. And Peter Peter just said, "Uh, no, I'm ready to die. And then Jesus said, I'm telling you, before, uh, the, the, it said, the rooster will not crow this day before you will deny me three times that you know me. But there was a way. And Peter, I mean, Jesus is trying to warn him. He told him, pray. And Peter's thinking, nah, I've got this. Now, Jesus also said, I prayed for you that when you come back to me. See, Jesus already knew what was going to happen. When you come back to me, that you will strengthen your brethren. But Jesus can always, the Lord God, he's he's talking to Peter. Peter's not listening. Peter is thinking, I got this, man. Talk to somebody else because I'm going down with you. If it's going down, I'm going down with you. I, I got you. And he wasn't there. So we just need to be sure in our life, if, if, if there's something pushing, 
If there's, if there's a temptation, do not have the attitude that it doesn't matter, I got this, no way, I'm going through. We should be going through going, Lord, I'm relying on you every step of the way. Now show me, show me the way out. If, if Peter, we don't have scripture on it, but if Peter just said, really? I, you, I, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to deny you? Is there any way I can avoid it? Is there anything I can do, Lord, tell me? See, he didn't do that. He said, I'm good. But if we have the attitude, look, I, Lord, I trust you. You told me if there's something in front of me that I can go through it. I don't see how. I don't see how I'm going to get there. I don't feel like it. I don't, I don't understand. But Lord, by your word, you said, show me. See, that's humility. And we'll get to that more. That's the type of thing that's keeping us from falling to all these temptations. That's the good heart that's going to keep us on, keep us on track. We're saying, Lord, where's the way out? I know there's a way. I don't see it. I don't feel it. But show me, because I, with your help, I can go through. I can go over. And I'll make it. We'll make it to the other side. We'll make it over. Amen.